Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 5 of the IT Pro Today podcast. I'm your host, Rich Hay, from Pinton's IT Pro for Windows Side, along with my co-host, Michael Morrissey. Good morning, Michael. Welcome back. Hey, Rich. How's it going? It's going extremely well. Uh, really happy with, I think, uh, where things have been going with the show. We've been getting some terrific feedback from listeners, and we're taking that on board. So I, I am really excited as we continue to grow into this. This being Episode 5, you know, we've we've... We're starting to get our feet underneath this, I think, with how we're doing this thing. We're still doing that bit of a format shuffle. We've decided it's just too long to try to do a roundtable and an interview in the same segment with trying to keep the shows uh, shorter inside that 30-minute window so that people can listen to them on a commute or something like that, which is where most people listen to their podcasts anyway. So today, we're really happy to be doing our next roundtable episode, and we're glad to have with us Nicole Henderson. Nicole covers our daily news and other features for the IT Pro for Windows website. So we want to welcome Nicole to uh, your first episode of the IT Pro Today podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited for the show we've got planned today. Yeah, it, it, this is going to be a good discussion. We're going to be talking about some things that are that are happening in the current world of tech. We've just gone through a couple weeks of, of financial announcements, you know, end of quarter announcements from different companies, a lot of discussion about the cloud. Of course, Microsoft had their Inspire event a couple weeks ago. And then most recently, this past weekend, Black Hat happened out in Las Vegas. So plenty, plenty to talk about. But as we get started, again, I just want to remind everyone, that IT Pro Today is sponsored in part by IT Dev Connections 2017. Uh, IT Dev Connections is a, is a spectacular conference. It's a deep dive technical event where you, IT pros, developers get a chance to come together and hear from experts in the field, whether they be uh, from the companies themselves or people who work closely with them are very knowledgeable about the tech and the uh, services they do. But but it's not your typical where you sit down for three hours in the morning and hear a keynote, and then you go hear the marketing pitch later in the day. What we do is we get people into the rooms from, from the beginning, and we start talking about the in-depth technical details for IT pros and developers. This year, a special treat. For the first time in a while, IT Dev Connections is being held in San Francisco this October. So normally we're out in Las Vegas for this event, but because of some logistics, we've had to move. So those of you that are listening to the IT Pro Today podcast, you can save yourselves 100 bucks off your own conference pass just by using the code POD100. That's P-O-D-100. If you go to itdevconnections.com, you'll find a spot for that. You can register. The, we're, we're almost in August now, so we're August, September, October, so we're getting really close. So it's time to go knock on your boss's door or your manager's door and tell them why you should be there. And ITDevConnections.com even has that kind of stuff on the site for you to help you build those arguments, build that discussion, and help your boss understand why going to ITDevConnections is really important. Okay, so... As I mentioned earlier, we're going to have a bit of a roundtable discussion. Now, both Michael and Nicole recently went to Microsoft Inspire in Washington, D.C. What did you guys think of the event and what Microsoft had to say? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. So this was actually my first Inspire, and I didn't quite know what to expect. You know, it's, it's a less technical conference than some of their other events. But what I thought it did a really good job of sort of setting the – uh, business direction for Microsoft and helping show the channel, hey, here's where we see the opportunities for actually driving this new technology into business. So less new technology announcements, less sort of splashy technical stuff, but more here's how we're actually going to get this deployed and how it's going to drive businesses forward. 
Right now, for those that don't know, Microsoft Inspire used to be known as the Worldwide Partner Conference. So this is an event where partners come in from all over the world. They had something like 17,000, 18,000 people in attendance, I believe, Nicole, and they talked mm-hmm. about a lot of direction, didn't they? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, compared to last year when I attended the World Partner uh, Worldwide Partner, Partner Conference in Toronto, I'd say this one was definitely bigger. I noticed that. And there was a lot more focus on how Microsoft is helping its partners through digital transformation and other kind of initiatives that they continued to talk about throughout the week. And I think Microsoft has shown that they're listening to their partners' feedback. They reorganized uh, the way that their um, sales forward that they're really appreciative that Microsoft is listening to the feedback they've been getting. So, so what do you think was a key element? Because they did, they talked a lot about how they were going to change their own sales. Now we heard the week before, if you, you guys remember just the week before the, there was word coming out of Microsoft through several reports that they were going to cut about 3000 people off of their sales staff, sales organization and realign some things. And that's exactly what they talked about at Aspire. Yeah, that's right. And they're really focused on getting partners to look at specific niches and vertical markets where they can really sell partner or sell their own customers a wider range of cloud services fit for their business. And I think the focus with their salespeople is really learning what those specific customers need from Microsoft's cloud suite and just connecting all the dots there. Right. And, and you know, I, there was an interesting stat on one of the, in one of the keynotes there, or it came out to some other point, but it was something like for every $10 that a partner makes, 90% of that stays with the partner. Microsoft only gets about a 10% cut of what they make in sales. Yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah. To me, and to me, those are pretty good stats. Those are pretty good numbers in my opinion. Um, now they they spent a lot of time. The, the new theme it seems Microsoft has picked up their new phrasing is digital transformation. And so I know you wrote about this, Nicole, and you talked you talked about what that means for IT pros, the people listening to this podcast. So so what does that? Because a lot of people see cloud and and transformations like this as a threat to their job, as a threat to what they do on a day to day basis taking care of the enterprise and business levels level, you know, they're, they're end users, they're, they're the employees of the company. So what does that mean for an IT pro? Well, uh, and I believe you'll have this in the show notes, but I talked to Seth Robinson a couple of weeks ago, who is an analyst with CompTIA, and he's been mm-hmm. tracking digital transformation for the past few years. Um, and he, he really broke it down. Uh, I think that when we all think about digital transformation, we're thinking about the technology and all the awesome technology that continues to uh, be available for IT pros. But really what he sees it as is the structure of a company and kind of the culture of a company. IT pros in this you know, new digital transformation world are going to be collaborating a lot more with the different lines of business. And there's a lot of kind of actionable items that he goes into in our interview. Um, So we'll definitely link to that. Um, But I think the overall theme is just, if you're an IT pro, you're going to be collaborating a lot more with the other organizations uh, within your company. So when you say other organizations, you mean like the different elements of the same company? 
Right, okay. right. So different lines of business. Okay, gotcha. So the, the, the mm-hmm. different channels, the different uh, silos, whatever you want to call them, of business, it's going to have to be more collaborative is what it sounds like. Exactly, yes. That's gotcha. what, that's what I've heard. <laughs> well, and you know, they certainly, Michael sent the message during the keynotes, and I, I'm assuming some of the side sessions you guys got into and some of the folks you talked to, what was the sense that you got as you talked to representatives from Microsoft and things like that about what this means for them and their partners and, and the direction they're headed? Yeah, so I mean, I think Nicole and I, we, we talked about the story a lot, and I'm, I'm really, I'm so happy with how the story came out, because I think it really answered this question of when you talk with Microsoft executives, or really any executives at a major IT service provider right now, or a major IT software provider right now, they're all about digital transformation, and pinning them down on what that means is so, so hard. And really, when after kind of reading through Nicole's story, after kind of talking with Microsoft executives, the thing that came back to me is, is sort of it, it really is about sort of changing and, and making sure that processes are sort of fully digital and fully integrated within the rest of the business. I think right now we have silos, not just silos between different parts of an organization, but silos within the same office mm. where, you know, collaboration is one step further. Analysis is almost impossible. At, at very basic granular levels. And I think when you talk about digital transformation, so much of it is we need to make sure these these services are all digital and all integrated so that if you want to sort of look at, okay, it's taking X hours to produce this widget and uh, our food quality has been going down, is that, you know, are finding these sort of correlations that are right. hidden, finding these different trends between all the different parts of your business um, it's something people have been talking about for years, but is really impractical in a lot of cases. And I think digital transformation means we're, we're going to have integrated services. Um, and Another I think part looking of, at, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I think, you know, that, that is a real opportunity for IT, but I think you talk about a lot of IT professionals and I hear this all the time that they're really worried that as Microsoft is kind of moving to this cloud service system, their jobs are at stake. Right. I would say their jobs, they have more job opportunities now than they did um, years ago because this need for transformation. I would say the work is in danger. The traditional work the traditional of IT work, yeah. is going away. The traditional tasks they did, those are absolutely going away in a lot of cases. But I think that job is becoming more important than ever. And I think that's a mind shift that that is really challenging for professionals to sort of look through and say, hey, I've, I've been working 10, 15, 20 years in this field. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out how to reinvent and, and change with the times. But I think if they do, there's a lot of opportunities. And kind of to that point as well, uh, when I talked to Seth Robinson about the about digital transformation, he was saying it's really important for IT pros to start developing an understanding of why businesses make decisions, Mm. you know, and what the goals are of the business, whether that's expanding into new geographies, um, you know, other initiatives like that. I think for IT pros, that's a bit of a shift in how they're thinking, but it makes them more valuable than ever. Well, and and there's a perception that runs pretty strongly through IT pros, I think, that, and, and this is common, I think, for any company looking to make a move to the cloud or to at least maybe a hybrid on-premises and cloud-based setup, is that it, the move to the cloud, and, and Michael mentioned this, puts my job at risk because now the server or that computer or that endpoint is no longer in my building. It's somewhere else. It's in somebody else's building. 
But I think the one thing Microsoft has done very effectively over the years with Microsoft Azure and the controls that they've put on it for organizations to have is they've left the control in their hands. And, you know, the IT pros, the, the people who are working through the Azure dashboard are able to control things as the business needs to control the cost, control how quickly it will expand based on use and all that kind of stuff. So, I, I you know, we were talking a little bit before the show about certifications and, and both of you kind of alluded to this. It's going to be important for IT pros to start to learn about these new technologies because I think that train's left the station and if you don't start, that's what's going to put you at risk as an IT pro for being behind the power curve and could therefore you know, put your job at risk because you're not able or ready or willing to expand because you've been doing it for 20 years this way or whatever. And then the other thing I thought of the other day is that businesses still have to have endpoints. They still got to have computers in-house. They've still got to have hardware that has to be supported, managed, and dealt with for all the employees in a business. So that aspect of being an IT pro is not going away anytime soon either. Yes, and not to mention security. Security, that security, is security. still yep. important. And, you know, security is probably one of the most important aspects of this because uh, it's one, you know, I just wrote my, I just wrote a piece this morning uh, for Supersight about the two-year anniversary of Windows 10 that happened on Saturday. And the the one thing that, I mean, that train's heading down the road, too. There's no getting out of the way. You know, here in, here in two years or a little bit more than two years, uh, Windows 7 is going to expire support in January 2020. So the train is coming. You know, organizations are going to have to move to Windows 10. But every iteration of Windows 10 over the last two years has, even though we've gotten a few new features on top of it, under the hood, security-wise, they have built so much more security into the system. And Michael and I have talked about this on previous uh, shows that Windows 10 was very was uh, not affected by the uh, Petya and all the ransomware stuff that happened because people didn't have patched systems. So it, that is another road that's coming that people have got to take that turn and they've got to go down and get ready for it. And so by preparing yourself as an IT pro expanding your knowledge base, you increase your value to the organization, especially when we are continuing this path of digital transformation. Yeah. Speaking of digital transformation, I think uh, we had Alphabet's Q2 numbers came out. We did, yeah. We'll report on those. I think that's that's kind of a great transition because I think when we're looking at sort of how widely this field is changing, I know uh, I think Google's got a really interesting story there and one that, that's been kind of a bumpy story. But well, and, how and, were those Q2 numbers? Nicole, this is one of your stories uh, for the Google's uh, quarter two. Yes. Yeah, so uh, in Q2, Alphabet reported revenues of $26 billion, um, an increase of 20% 20 on the same period last year is not all the hyperscale vendors break out their cloud revenues. No, so, Microsoft doesn't. Right. And so Google Cloud revenues actually sit in what they call the other revenues category. Mm-hmm. Um and that category reported over $3 billion in revenues, which mm. um, so it's unclear how much of that was Google Cloud. But gotcha. uh, to give you a sense of the growth, um, it was a, a growth of 42% um, wow, that's from good Q2 growth. 2016. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if and when these revenues are broken out for the hyperscale cloud vendors, mm-hmm. because it's very hard to compare in you know, an apples to apples way yep, anyway, exactly. but without breaking them out, it's, it's very 
difficult. Um, but I think one of the interesting things is um, that Google plat Google Cloud Platform, um, just the the growth in enterprise customers. Right. So um, they talked a lot about the momentum with the big customers. Right. Um, so in Q2, the number of new deals they closed worth more than half a million is three times what it was last year. Wow. So that's that's a little gives you a little bit of an indication of where they're headed. And I know they've been focused on attracting more of these enterprise clients. Right. Um, and I believe over the weekend they had a big customer win as well. They did from Microsoft, actually. Right. Nielsen. Yeah. So it was they Nielsen. They got Nielsen yes. off of Office 365 with Microsoft onto G Suite and and Google's tools, enterprise tools. That's right. So I think we'll continue to see more of those kind of customer win stories. Uh, these big enterprises deciding to make the switch, mm-hmm. um, or at least you know they've probably been you know, happening in secret, but right. I guess don't hear these, about them. Right. Exactly. But that deal, I mean, with Nielsen, that's 56,000 employees. That's a lot. That's a big, yeah. Chunk. So that's a lot of seats. And, um, and now any idea was Nielsen at all associated with Google or G suite beforehand and went to office 365 and are making a return or they're simply deciding to leave office 365 and go to G suite. Well, I think what I read about, uh, this particular customer with Nielsen is around 60% of their employees are under age 35. Ah. Um, and so they are saying that their that age group is more familiar with Gmail and Google yep. Docs. Yep. So that actually um, c- kind of convinced the the executives to pay for, you know, hosted right. uh, Google Docs and right. Gmail. So I think that kind of was the the gateway, I guess, to this bigger migration. I mean, that makes sense. That's exactly why Microsoft made the education-related announcements they did back in April. They want to get school kids using their stuff so that as they go through elementary, middle school, high school, and then into college, and then into the workplace, they're going to be asking for the Microsoft tools because that's what they've grown up on. And that's exactly what happened here, too, it sounds like. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Now, Amazon had some interesting numbers last week as well. Um, and, and Michael, I think you may have made a note about this, about some investments cutting into profits. Yeah, well, I mean, I think just one of the things, and I think Nicole brought this point up earlier, is is sort of just people kind of underestimate how hard it is to be a hyperscale cloud provider. We've seen a lot of other enterprise companies come in and say, oh, we're going to offer another alternative or we're going to, you know, try and compete. And it, it seems like you've got the, the kind of the big three and and a lot of other people uh, have, have kind of come across that and, and failed. And with Amazon, uh, you know, I think people were kind of stunned with how much money they were spending on their cloud right. services. And people kind of took a step back and were like, wow. But I think Amazon's, you know, I think Jeff Bezos has kind of shown he's willing to spend what it takes and and keep investing and and not worry about profits until a to-be-determined date. And (laughs) um, uh, investors seem to go along with that story. And I think in the cloud space, that that really helps being able to spend, being able to say this is a long-term investment and it might be a very, very long-term investment. The uh, you know one of those companies that that decided they're done with this whole thing is GoDaddy. GoDaddy was building their own cloud and and data centers and things like that, and they recently announced that they are they have sold off their 
their cloud stuff. Uh, I forget who the company is, but they have decided they can't maintain that. So it's exactly like you said. A lot of companies get in there and give it a shot, but you know we tend to have the the big three right now, which is Microsoft, Google, and Amazon. And in fact, uh, on top of what Nicole was saying a couple weeks ago when Microsoft made their announcements talking about the shift to the cloud and this hyperscale computing, for the first time ever, Microsoft sold more digital subscriptions to Office 365 than they did classic licensing. So like going to the store and buying a DVD. So they're actually seeing more people go digital than they have ever seen before. Yeah, that you know the the Microsoft branding. I think one of the things that came out of Inspire was this uh, this Microsoft 365 pitch, which oh, right. was, was kind of a revamped offering yep. of of some of the other stuff they've bundled before. And they they it really kind of reminds me the way they're positioning a lot of this, both to the uh, sort of the SMB market as well as to the mm-hmm. consumer market. Is it, it really reminds me a lot going back to the Amazon strategy of. We're going to sell you a big diffuse bundle that's going to include your OS. It's going to include some storage. It's going to include office services. Office suite, it's yeah. going to include, you know, and just kind of throw more and more random stuff in there and then put it at a price that that is really appealing, even if you only use three of the five right. or six of the eight right. services. And I think that's been really interesting with, with Amazon. I, you know, I've got an Amazon Prime membership. I take advantage of like five of the seven things. Um, and I think Microsoft's going the same route with a lot of the way they want to bundle this. And I think it was really interesting when they kind of came out with their Slack competitor, Microsoft Teams. Right. The way it was priced was was so low uh, as part of this bundle where it's like, okay, you can pay more for Slack or you can pay less for Teams and get six other things. Right, and, and get all this. So really they basically threw it into the Office 365 subscription for E3, E5, I think, the enterprise-level subscriptions. Right, and and I think it's it's kind of like you look at the numbers and they're really tough to beat. It's it's you get everything for cheaper than you know some of the smaller players sell you one thing. Right. No, you're. It's a great point. You know, throw it all together, and you might not use it all, but you use enough of it to make that justified. And and I think Microsoft is is that's that's where everything is going. I mean that that this whole subscription based thing. Uh, Google's doing it. Amazon does it. And Microsoft has obviously been doing it. And it, it makes a lot of sense to kind of, you know, build on that synergy between the different products because every one of them are integrating them. And, and I think something like this is going to leave a, a company like Slack on the outside looking in. Um, you know, they've got a great tool, but if you are – and they've worked to, in, to integrate things like G Suite and integrate things like Microsoft Office and, you know, the storage options that you have there and other tools, but – you know, if if you are heavily invested in one of these ecosystems, whether it be G Suite or whether it be Microsoft, you're, you're typically going to stay in that ecosystem. The Nielsen flip is kind of very interesting because it's the first real public flip that we've seen for somebody from one to the other. And like Nicole said, I think a lot of the others happen in the background you never hear about because there are 1,000 here, 2,000 here, 3,000 there, and those add up very quickly as well. But when you have almost 60,000, that gets a headline. Um, so cloud is definitely an area IT pros have got to be paying attention to. And, and I think by following earnings and understanding where companies are making their money at is an important aspect for IT pros to learn, like you said, Nicole, to, to learn about business decisions and why companies make business decisions in the first place. There's a lot to learn by looking to you specifically right. as an IT pro. But I think as we look at some of the larger trends, 
uh, as we talked about the spending on infrastructure. Um, you know, if you're looking for a global footprint, you've got to look at these hyperscale vendors because they are expanding like crazy into markets where no one else is able right. to touch. Right. Um, and I think our sister site, Data Center Knowledge, uh, does a great job tracking a lot of these uh, kind of you're going to find Amazon, Google, uh, and Microsoft as well. Right. Microsoft is deploying a couple of data centers in Africa, PDR, the, the general data protection regulations that come out next May in Europe. They talked about this at Inspire a lot is Microsoft is already making it easy for their customers to make to be compliant because they're building in the compliance into the systems themselves to where the, the their customer doesn't have to do all that work and all that preparation to be ready for it. So definitely they are making their impacts known. There's no doubt about that. Now, uh, talk a little bit about security. We mentioned security and things like that. This past weekend was Black Hat, and I know you've done a couple pieces leading up to that, Nicole, talking about uh, security. Security is a big deal these days. If you're not paying attention to security uh, as, as just a straight-stick IT pro or, or whatever you do, I think security impacts every level of an organization. Absolutely, and I think what Black Hat kind of touched on, a lot of the speakers touched on, is that uh, secure professionals and researchers and kind of exist in this own little bubble. Um, and security has just become entrenched in everything we do. Yeah. Everyone is familiar with security. And it's completely changed the way that these researchers go about their job because it's it impacts a lot more people, I think, than ever before, at least just in terms of the awareness factor. What what was uh, what were some of the big trends that you saw that you that were getting talked about? Well, I think what was talked about a lot is uh, diversity and how important it is to hire diverse candidates. Um, and just because if you have people who think differently in the same room, you're going to solve a lot more security right. problems than if you have a bunch of people who think the same. So I think that's always uh, kind of a big topic of conversation mm -hmm. at Black Hat. Um, also, just the the different types of hacks that uh, were uh, talked about at Black Hat are really interesting. We've got uh, and I did a bit of coverage on this, so we'll definitely include it in the show notes. But I also read kind of uh, over the weekend that there was some uh, hacking of voting machines yeah, as I well. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of interesting examples. Um, and then we also – another big theme is obviously machine learning. And um, as great as machine learning is in detecting a lot of these security issues, uh, you know, in the wrong hands, it can do some serious damage. Right. Now, you mentioned machine learning. All of these hyperscale vendors are starting to provide services that are based on machine learning and artificial intelligence and data analysis that that has that it has a, a, a plus and a negative side to that capability or access to that capability. Yeah, absolutely. I'm we heard from at Black Hat researchers from Symantec who were showing just how scammers are using machine learning tools um, to automate a lot of, you know, finding a lot of data at once um, so they can target executives within kind of an org chart 
uh, with emails that are tailored to them uh, right. look like they come from an internal source. Yep. And, uh, you know, by using machine learning, they can increase the success rate of all of these kind of uh, malicious emails and uh, attacks. I, I, they're getting good, and there's a reason why they continue to do this stuff because it works. And if you got to think somebody sends out a thousand emails, if only ten percent work, they've just hooked a hundred victims. So I had re- one recently from uh, Bluehost, and I'm not kidding you. I know Bluehost will throttle your website if it's not properly configured and using too much resources. And it sent me to my website. I went to my website and checked it first to make sure because it told me it had been turned off for two days. And I said, no, that's not right. But you look. And there it is. And then when you look further into the email, oh, wait a minute, that link is in Russia. And so right. you have to be very smart and savvy at whatever level. You said it. Security is is got to be a mindset from the lowest entry-level person that's at the front of the building to the person moving boxes around in the warehouse. Because otherwise, it's, it, we can be very susceptible to this. And you don't have to go far to find the examples. Well, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of the time we have today. So, Nicole, I just wanted to say thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. And would you do me a favor and just let all our listeners know where they can find you on social media and other locations? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Nicole Henderson. And I'm also on writing daily for WindowsITPro.com. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And, Michael, um, glad to have you back on the show again. Tell everybody where you're located. Always a pleasure, Rich. I'm just on Twitter at, at M-O-R-I-S-Y and then daily on Windows IT Pro. Okay, superb. Um, now, as we get ready to close out this episode of IT Pro today, I want to remind everybody about one more of our sponsors, and that's Data Center World. Data Center World is a global conference for data center, facilities, and IT pros, and, and it's a place where you can go and meet with other people who work in the same field. They, they deal with the data center challenges day in, day out. Um, whether it be from facilities to the actual management of the data center itself and the hardware and, and what's going on. So each year, uh, Data Center World hosts an annual conference and a get-together for you to get come together. And next year in March, March 12th to the 15th, 2018, uh, Data Center World will be held in San Antonio, Texas. So if you want to learn more about that and how you can get connected with other professionals in your, in your business of data center, just go to datacenterworld.com. Now, as has been mentioned throughout the show today, you'll find links and various other methods to um, subscribe to IT Pro today on the IT Pro Windows website when we publish this podcast. It'll be located at windowsitpro.com. That's the same spot you'll find Nicole. That's the same spot you'll find Michael. You'll also find some content resources from me on there. Uh, we always look forward to your feedback. We've already had some terrific feedback on earlier episodes, and those are ideas we are taking on board and planning future episodes to incorporate some of that feedback. So we appreciate that, and we ask you and um, to continue to do that because that will help us keep this podcast on point to the information that you're looking for, and you let us find the pros to come in and talk about these things for you. Uh, let us know on Twitter at Windows IT Pro. That's our handle for the IT Pro website or through the comments, which is where we've gotten other feedback from for the IT Pro Today show page. Now, on that page, you're going to find links to the stories we talked about today, and you will be able to go check them out even more in depth than we were able to cover here in this episode. So, again, thanks to Michael and Nicole for joining me this week, and uh, we will see you again in a couple weeks with an interview segment. But until then, I want to wish everybody the best. Stay up to date and stay safe out there.